0: to start today by simply thanking you. Uh, I didn't necessarily do this first service, so you're special, I guess, but I mean this with all sincerity of heart. I appreciate you guys coming to this service, the 11 o'clock service. Uh, our first service is really full and it's packed and this one's starting to fill up all the more and getting to where it's, you know, showing us what we need to do by Easter and go to that third service. So, uh, but I thank you so much and uh, uh, if you've been on board with us with the fast over the past 21 days, thank you for doing that. And uh, if it's your first time here with us, a group of people might be your first time coming in to see us here. Today's a little bit different service for us as a church. Uh, we've been on a journey together for the past uh, really four weeks, but I 'll say three weeks for sure, just really launching into the purpose that we believe God's got for us to do here this year. Um, you know, we have a vision, and that's to navigate you through Christ and uh, we, with that vision, we, you know, we have cores that we build church on, and that's you know, to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. But we believe that every year, God leads us in a direction to do maybe one specific thing to accomplish, individually and corporately. And this year, we launched out to the, on the journey of discovering what matters in our lives, but not just what matters, what matters in God's plan and purpose for our lives. Because the Bible says in in, uh, Proverbs that it's many of the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that will prevail. Matter of fact, look at somebody and say, you got plans? plans. I'm sure you got plans. But we want to make sure, are we in God's timing and His plan uh, to be successful in our life, especially at the end of this year. That's where we're endeavoring to go after. And we said that if we do that, One way that that begins to happen is to understand this one truth that matters most importantly, and I think it's really the most important truth, out of everything you can learn out of the Bible, To believe it or not, and the Bible's full of things we can learn about, full of things that tell us how to live and to do life, and full of things how to be successful in life, but the most important thing that what matters is you. You matter to God, more important. you're more important to Him. A lot of work went into making who you are and making what you're c- going to do on this earth and getting in store and ready for you to fulfill your purpose. You're most important. Tell somebody you're important. And, you know, we kind of said to you, in case this is your first time here, we want to just kind of bring you up to speed with why this is so important to us because we're actually going to, like I said, embrace the vision of the purpose we have. But we want you to understand how we're getting there. How we as a church get to where we're going at the end of the year is going to be by faith. We're persuaded that God is a good God. And we also know, according to the scriptures, that the Bible says that, that uh, he that uh, you must be believe, when you believe in God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But first, before it even says that, it says that you can't please God without faith. So, if I can't please him without faith, and in that same verse he tells me what that faith is, he says, This is what I want it to look like. This is how it acts. This is how it functions, believing that I am the God that I say I am. And then he says that, that he's a rewarder. In other words, the word rewarder means the moment I approach God, the moment I approach God, he gives to me upon approach. But many of us stop right there in that scripture and we don't go and get the rest of that verse because there's a qualifier and it says those that diligently are seeking after him. And so we said that, you know what, us for 2019 and going after what matters, the thing that will enable us to be successful in that is to be diligent and consistent with the things that we're learning along the way. And we said that, you know what, every builder has a plan that he goes and he builds his house by. He starts with a plan. Well, God's plan is found in the Scriptures, we found out. It's found out in the Word. It's, it's, that's where He's going to tell me the ins and the outs and the how to build and where to go and what to do and make effort to allow that to be the thing that instructs me along this course. And why is that so important? Because without the plan, there's a good chance it will become my plan. Matter of fact, tell somebody, you got a plan? I got a plan. But is it your plan or is it God's? Well, listen, guess what? Guess what? This is really cool. I don't even expect you to figure that out right now. You don't have to walk out of here today and know what the full plan is. We're going to take a whole year and discover what that is for all of us. Every time we come together, we're going to have opportunities to just go into the Scriptures and go into the plan and and how does this work into my life and what difference can this make in my life. Every time we come together. But let me ask you this, maybe you did come to the place where fasting and prayer is what you just finished at 12 o'clock last night. Come on for some of us, 21 21 days and and we're handing out a prize to you at the end of this service and it's food and I'm going, uh, uh, no, I don't want to make it about that. What we made the prayer and fasting about was the fact that, you know what I'm doing? I am disconnecting myself from the distractions of the world, giving myself an opportunity to press in more and to pray and to come to that place where I can just, you know, kind of hone in and hear the voice of God more than I ever have. And I would venture to say that many of you have done that. I would venture to, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for coming to the all-church prayer times we had. Monday through Friday, we had great turnouts for that. And I believe it set the stage for where we're going towards the end of the year. And when I think about that whole subject of prayer and fasting, it's interesting because if we're not careful, we don't want to give you this, if I can say it this way, I don't want to give you this this crazy just bed of roses and everything's going to be just beautiful along the way and we're just going to float on clouds and, and we're just going to oh, float to the end of the year and it's going to be wonderful. No, I would be doing you a huge disservice about that. Remember the word diligent. Remember the word consistent. I want you to understand that life will be coming at us this year. And as that life comes and we begin to discover what really matters, we're going to learn how to approach it and how to respond to it and maybe understand how to get on the other side of that. But it's interesting that if you study Jesus at the the time of His fasting moment where He went into the desert for 40 days and nights praying and fasting, when He came out of that moment, out of that time, it's when He faced His first greatest challenge. And you can study his life from there, and you can see there were multiple things that come at him after that, where he had to pray for the sick, he had to face persecution, he had to face all kinds of ups and downs along the way, but he came out with power, the scripture said. But the moment he came out with the power and the understanding of how good and big God was, that's immediately when the enemy came to tempt him and to test him with three very specific things. And again, we said that the plan is found within the Word. And we found out that Jesus responded very specifically all three times. And He said He responded with the plan. He said, it is written. And that's how He defeated defeated those three attacks. Why is that interesting? Because if you go all the way back to the beginning of the book in Genesis chapter 3, and you go look at the life of Eve, you will find out she was tempted in the exact same three things. So you go to the beginning and now you hit the middle of life and the beginning of our salvation where Christianity uh, entered into this world through Christ and you see that he was tempted in three ways. Well, guess what? If you jump forward into the scriptures and you go to 1 John, 1 John gives you and I an instruction. Now, John, why is he he so important? Because he wrote St. John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the book of Revelations. I think he's got something to say to us. One of the things he says in 1 John, He tells us the exact same three things that Jesus was tempted with, that you and I will be tempted with, that Eve was tempted with, that you and I will be tempted with. So we don't want to launch you into this new direction of purpose without ever preparing you to get to that place where, okay, Pastor Stephen said it's going to be okay, we're going to get our trees and get all these things out of the way, it's going to be awesome, get to the end of the year. But you didn't tell me this was coming. We want you to know a heads up. So Pastor Tiffany and I are going to tag team today, and she's going to share with you those three things.
1: You probably wondered why I was sitting back there on that stool. Thought I was creeping up on them. I do want to share with you, and when I began to study this, um, I began to study just during my time of prayer and fasting, and I kind of wanted to look at... Um, if we're doing prayer and fasting and Jesus did prayer and fasting what did his time look like what what did that look like and, and in my study when you find it in Matthew chapter 4 and you start in verse 1 and it goes all the way down through 11 when I started to read because I, I, when I read I always read my commentaries down below and as I begin to read the commentaries down below it began to show me that it, this it began this origination because you know I just want to share this with you do you know Satan has no original schemes he doesn't come up with new things he always trips us up with the same things you know he He doesn't have any new ideas, new schemes. It's always the same thing. And in my commentary, it said, if you go back to Genesis three and you go to verses and go to verse six and you read right there, you're going to find that in that very same place, the very same things that happened in Matthew happened to Eve. And not only that, I love that because then it also took me to First John. And in First John, it forewarns the church because you know that First John is all about the love of God. Remember, it begins with how much He loves us and how much we're to love Him, and then it begins to talk about how we're to love one another. And it says, how can you? love love God if you don't love one another. But then it says that these three things come, these three things. And I just, if you're going to do this with me, if you'll write these three things down, because the bottom line is we're coming off of this fast. Many of us have fasted. And if you haven't fasted, you've been praying or you've given up something or maybe some social media. That's been fun. We have no idea what's going on in people's lives. It's so great. Don't you love that? People ask you something, you say, I have no idea. Um, But, and, and you know what? I caution you. I really do, because um, one of the things that I know Carlos and Sarah, they mentioned to me just even this morning and last night, that they're at a place where they're just purging, purging thoughts, purging things. Pur- Listen, be careful, say be careful, what you let back in. Mm. Because if you're not careful, you, you know, even, now I'm not just talking about food, I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually, physically, and even... <laughs> You know, we were laughing yesterday. Me and Carson and Chase went on a run, and the three of us. We just ran a couple about three miles. And uh, Carson and I, we do boot camp. We 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 consider ourselves in pretty decent shape, you know. And Chase hadn't, you know, he's run, but he hasn't run very much with us. And and so he ran the half marathon, but really since then not done a whole lot of anything. So we took off on this little run. I I think me and Carson were a little bit of pride. Say a little bit of pride. We we were. We 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 kind of took off. We we thought Chase was going to be catching our draft. And all of a sudden, he began to just run. I mean, he, how many, how many feet? He, he was fast.
0: Bottom and, line, he smoked them.
1: But He smoked us. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. The reality of it is is Chase hasn't been drinking. He, has, he, he loves to go to Karis. He goes there every day. And he gives himself a sugary coffee. And he's fasted all those sugary coffees. And, and, and the reality of it is, is there are things that we put in our physical body that determine the output of what we can even do spiritually. Well. I'm going to be honest with you. If you eat junk... And you can't think straight and you eat a bunch of junk food and, it, and then you, the Holy Spirit's calling on you, but you don't have enough brains to think about what he's saying to you. I'm just being, so be careful.
0: You're starting to middle.
1: Sorry. He said, I'm starting to meddle. Listen, as you, as you come off of this and go back in to whatever, I'm just cautioning you just to be careful about the, about the things that you let back in. But let's talk about the three temptations that Satan comes to us with. Are you ready? You can write them down if you want to. They'll be on the screen behind us. The very first one, very first one, it says craving for physical pleasure. The craving for physical pleasure. Now, check this out in my commentary. It said this. It said a preoccupation, a preoccupation with gratifying our own physical desires, a preoccupation with gratifying our own physical desires. And so we got to be super careful about, about, about just gratifying our flesh all the time and giving our flesh all the things. That, it's, so Tell yourself, no, you don't need that right now. It's okay. Don't become too preoccupied with getting all those things that you want. And if you want to put like a slash right there, a little, a little dash or however you want to do it, the opposite of this, the opposite of this is self-control. Self-control. The opposite of gratifying your own desires is self-control. How many of you know that self-control is a fruit of the? Spirit. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit lives? In you. Inside you. So listen, you, you, the, the, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in you, which lets me know that, that, that self-control is already in you, but you decide how much the fruit of the Spirit is developed within you. Because it's already in you. And so I want to encourage you, listen, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not about, it's not about what you can't have. It's about the timing of things, the timing of things, because God is masterfully orchestrating our lives and he'll put desires and things in our hearts. He'll drop some things in them, but then he'll, he'll, listen, sometimes it'll, um, it'll just marinate in there. It'll stir up in there. And if we're not careful, we'll miss God's timing. Amen. Amen. Number two, number two. Craving for everything we see. A craving for everything we see. This is what it said in my commentary. A bowing to the God of materialism. A bowing to the God of materialism. Now, now if you're going to fight this with, with, the, with the Holy Spirit, if you're going to fight this, the, the, how you fight it is the spirit of Generosity. The spirit of generosity. Because how many of you know you can want something that your neighbor, and, it, and you can just start wanting, 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 but the spirit of generosity will make you bow down to those. I, I shared this uh, earlier, but um, I'm just going to brag on our daughter Mackenzie. We, uh, um, I don't know, it was right around Christmas time, before Christmas time, uh, early December, we had stopped in to see a friend of ours. Her name's Paige. She runs the 4-H program here in Manio. Um, and if you have kids that should be in 4-H, I'm just telling you, she is a rock star, and um, anyway, so we had stopped in to see Paige, and uh, she had a student there working with her, and uh, a senior, and uh, just a really smart girl, super smart girl, and just had really just been focusing on some things, and we got in the car, and Mackenzie said this to me, she said, I'm supposed to buy, I'm supposed to buy a computer for that girl, I'm supposed to buy one, I know it, and so um, how many of you know at Christmas time, you're counting your dollars? How many of you know at Christmas time, you don't really want to give them to people you don't know? You're usually saving them for the people that you do know. You know, and so, so I'll be honest with you, she forgot all about it. She forgot all about it. And the other day, we went, during our five days of prayer, she was in here one day, and the, and the Holy Spirit said, now, Kenzie, I, I told you to do that. Remember that girl? I told you to buy a computer for her. And, and you know, it's careful when, it, it's interesting when you're 23, you can get caught up in materialism. Anybody ever been 23 before? And but like stuff, like, all of y'all like stuff. We all like stuff. And so he said, he said, I, I don't remember. I told you about that. And she, and you know what she did? She got went out of pray, the time of prayer. She went and called Paige and said, Paige, I was supposed to do this a long time ago for this girl. I need to buy her a computer. Paige said, Kenzie, you won't believe this. She said, tomorrow is her birthday. Mm. It was her, and you know, and you know, so funny that girl didn't want no Dell. No, she didn't want no doubt. She wanted a Mac. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, Kenzie had to pull a couple extra dollars out, a couple extra (laughs) dollars out. But she wanted to know something. The spirit of generosity, the spirit of generosity will keep you from focusing on yourself and keep you focused on others. Amen, amen. God's got something big in store for you. He wants you to be a giver. He wants you to think about others. It's not for you to get to hoard. It's for you to have, to receive, to receive it, to be a funnel, to be a channel for God's goodness. Amen? Amen. Number three, number three. Pride in our achievements and possessions. Pride in our achievements and possessions. This is an interesting thing in the commentary. It said this. It said an obsession with one's own status or importance. An obsession with one's own status or importance and you know how we're going to fight that in the commentary it said you fight this with a commitment to humble service a commitment to humble service I just want to tell you that this world it has a tendency to be about who you know and who you are anybody know I'm talking about They're always trying to get ahead and move ahead. And and not that it's not important. God gives you vision. He gives you direction. He wants you to accomplish your purpose and the call of God on your life. But you don't do that by, by, by hurting others, by pressing others down. You actually get that way by serving others. You, you accomplish the things that God has in your life by becoming a servant to others. The Bible actually says, you know what's so funny about the Bible? It says God, t- God thinks that you're important, but you know what the Word of God says? It says that you shouldn't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Yeah. A- actually, look at the person next to you and say, you're more important than me. Look hmm. at the other person that you didn't think was that important and say, you're more important than me too. <laughs> Just them. <teasing. laughs> the reality of it is, is the person sitting next to you The person sitting next to you, listen, I would say to Dwight, Dwight, actually, you're more important than me, Dwight. I might be standing up in here, but the reality of it is, is I wouldn't be able to stand up here and do the call of God on my life if I didn't have Dwight. And Dwight probably wouldn't be sitting in this church if he didn't have Pastor Stephen and Tiffany. So the reality of it is, is he's more important than me and I'm more important than him. Did you get that? And when we get the reality of that, it begins to set in and we think, what can I do to serve you? How can I help you? What can I give you? How can I help you accomplish the things of God on your life? Amen. Humble service to God. I want to share one other scripture with you because we can do this in and of our own selves. We can do this in and of our own strength. And I'm just going to tell you, you'll fall flat on your face because we can't fight the enemy. The Word of God says we can't fight the enemy in flesh and blood. We we can't do it. I I don't have enough muscles. I don't even have enough knowledge. The reality of it is I do this in the strength of a great and mighty God. And in Hebrews chapter 5, if if you want to turn there, if you just want to write it down, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 4. I apologize. In Hebrews chapter 4, It says this verse. Can you put that up for me, friend? There it goes. It goes, this high priest, say this Jesus.
0: This Jesus.
1: Because remember, we're modeling after him. Remember, he came out of the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And he said that these same attacks came to him. And these same attacks came to you. But look what happened. Look the victory. It says, this high priest of ours understands our what? Our weakness, for he faced all of those, I'm sorry, for he faced all of the same what? As we do. Yet he did not sin. So he, listen, there's nothing that you face that he hasn't faced. There's not one thing that you're going through that he hasn't gone through. And he did it without sin. Check out verse 15. Here it goes. Or 16. It says, so let us come how? Boldly Boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive what? What? Mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. I just want to encourage you with that as you launch into the things that God has for you. Maybe God's been stirring something up in you in this time of prayer and fasting. He's been talking to you and revealing some things to you. I want to let you know that you're not alone, that there is mercy and grace and a gracious God that has been through everything that you've been through. And he is there to bail you out and to help you succeed every single time.
0: Now that you know the three temptations or tests that can come towards you this year, and now that you've got a picture of what that could look like, and I love what she did. She even gave you the answer to the thing that can come to you, the response that would be there that would thwart that in the other direction. I think that's so important because we've been using this term launch for quite a bit the past three weeks. And the word launch simply means I'm going to propel forward. I'm going to force myself to go forward. one of, the, one of the definitions is to hurl, not like hurl out of your mouth, but you're going to actually hurl something forward. You're going to catapult yourself. Why? Because you know what? There's something there at the end right now. We, we could think about 2020, 21, 22, 23. Who knows if we'll even be here then? I don't know, but we can really think about the one we're in right now. And if I'm going to get to that spot... I know how I'm going to get there. I know that there will be tests along the way. And now I can do it boldly with faith to launch to where I'm going. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me one more time. Last week I gave you the scripture that's our foundational piece to where we're going. We planted that seed one time into your spirit so that we know now eventually it may come out of our own mouth. Just like your salvation occurred. How do I make Jesus my Lord? How do I, first of all, you do it by faith. I I come to this place where I believe in someone bigger and greater than myself and his goodness. And then the Bible says for a man to become born again or saved, there's a confession that's made. Confession comes from your mouth. And so this week we're going to, I want us to say it again, why? Because we're going to water the seed that was planted last week. Now listen, 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 listen. Why is this so important? Why do we have a moon up here? Why do we have lights all around? And why, why do you keep hearing this word launch? Well, just picture this with me for a minute. This is the 50th anniversary of the launch and men landing on the moon for the very first time, 1969. I was three years old. I, I don't, don't even remember it. It's interesting, sitting down with Miss Patty a few minutes ago, she says, I can experience the feeling of, of that experience. She says, I can feel it right now. That's how impacting it was. Because it wasn't something that was just nationwide, it was world round how many were going after the same purpose and the same goal. They were launching after something, and unity made many things happen. Actually, the, the Russians actually got the first uh, launch there without people on it. But it became like a game and a challenge. And, but what happened is there were things that tested and tried them along the way. Matter of fact, the movie just came out here recently that, that uh, you may have seen that there were three men that lost their life that was, should have been the first there. There are things that come at you, but you can do it boldly with faith and launch into the place that God's calling you now because you've got the God that you love and serve backing you up. Let's say this together this morning. Not, not, not the video, the verse. We meet... Oh, sorry. You ready? Here we go. Can y'all see that? All right, here we go. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For what I want you to understand, what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. More verse. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Watch this video with us this morning.
2: We meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of but a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50 year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. We shall send to the moon, 240,000 miles away, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous Greatest adventure of which man has ever embarked.
0: Maybe you're going to ask the question, why do we just try to discover what matters? Because I believe along the way, one of the most powerful things that will happen for all of us, we will discover the impossibility that only God can do. And if you allow God to step into your life, and you'll be bold enough to dis- ask the question, what matters in every single area of your life? Your relationships, your family, your friends, your job, your work, your finances, and you ask Him what matters in that realm. Every facet that connects us to life. I know for sure because I'm not perfect. Are you perfect? No, you're not. None of us in this room are perfect. What we'll find along the way, maybe some imperfect places, we'll find some great places as well, how much we've been created in the likeness and the image of God, but through the imperfection, you'll find out that's where the perfect comes in, that would be Jesus to do the impossible that only He can do. When you came in this morning, you came in with a, and someone handed you a little flag, I want you to grab that right now if you have it. I want you to grab that because right now it's going to symbolize an important moment or maybe a step in your life that maybe we would invite you to take here in just a few minutes. I want you to think about maybe within the realm of relationship. I want you to think about maybe in the realm of of forgiveness and unforgiveness. Think about the realm of peace and joy. Think about the realm of needs being met. Think about the realm of my body being healed. Think about that person that's impossible. Think about that marriage that, that may not necessarily have a way out or a way to overcome. Think about those people that are in a place of despair right now that you can't go to. Think about all the goodness that God's been doing in your life as well. I'm identifying all of the negative, but that's where most people think at first. But if you can begin to identify the goodness of God in that path, you begin to find out that it's not so big and too big for God and it's not too impossible for it. I want to read this scripture to you real quick because I'm going to ask you here in just a few minutes to write one word, maybe a sentence, whatever you can fit on that little flag. I want you to identify what a purpose might be at the end of the year for you, at 2019, that you want to see accomplished in your life. Maybe you want your marriage better than it is now. Listen to the scripture. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, in the message translation. And then God answered, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters, so that it can be read on the run. The vision message is a witness (laughs) pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming, it can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. It seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way, it will come right on time. Now listen, last week I shared with you what we call the rule of five. I want you thinking now, I want you identifying. I want you to think about writing on your flag. And the rule of five, coined by John Maxwell, it's a leadership principle. And we said that the diligent and the consistent are the ones that will reach that destination they're looking for at the end of this year. And I identified to you. I said, "Maybe you stand out on your back porch and you're looking out and there's a tree that's in your way, but there's something you know that's on the other side, and you want to see it, and you want to get there. How am I going to get my tree out of my way? You're busy, you got life, you've got a place in life that you know what, I've got family, i got friends, i got relationships, i got financial woes, I've got a job to do. All of life that's going on every day, you don't have a whole lot of time. I get it. But it doesn't take a lot of time to make the biggest difference in the life that you have. <laughs> Remember, one small step for man and one giant step for mankind. Remember we said I all I have is an axe. I've got a tree. I don't have a power tool, but I'm going to go to my tree and I'm going to go count with me. One, two, three, four, five. And I set my axe down. Why? Because I don't have time. I don't have much more time than that, Pastor. I can't, I can't. But you know what? The diligent and the consistent. Ready, count with me. Let me hear your voice. Ready? One, two, three, four, five. I lay my axe down. I don't have time, Pastor. I got to go. I got to live life. I got responsibility. I got things to accomplish. But, but, but I got to get that tree because it's really determining where I'm going to be. And I come back and I pick it up again. Count with me. Come on, come on. Count with me. One, two, three, four, five. What's going to happen to the tree in your way to your purpose? The tree will come down. The diligent and the consistent are the ones that get to the place, they see the reward, and they know who He is. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the plans that God's that will purpose or be fulfilled in your life. And I gave you my five last week. And I'm going to reiterate them to you again. And I'm, I'm not asking, listen, I'm not asking, I'm asking you to think for yourself. I'm not asking you to embrace and take mine, although I did. I took somebody else's. I heard it, and it was a witness into my heart, a witness into my spirit of what this year could look for me, look like for me. Number one, I decided I'm going to pray first. Why? I'm going to pray first before anything and everything. Number two, I'm going to be a studier of the Word. I, why? Because I've got to know the plan. If I don't know the plan, how can I know what matters? You know, that's where the plan is. The builder builds with the right plan. How about this one? I'm going to love like I never have. What do I mean by I'm going to love like I never have? I'm going to be that boss that people can get along with. I'm not going to have that temper that I had in 2018. I'm making a final cut and decision. That's not who I am. I'm going to be that person of patience. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to live with the agape love. Not this form of pansy relational love. I want the real agape love that looks past the person's faults and learns how to forgive, learns how to walk in forgiveness myself, learns how to. Listen, if people come to you and complain, and they, uh, can I just let you know something about Coastal Family Church? We're not perfect. And we probably will teach you some things that you might not agree with. And, but do you know what's even more revelatory for all of us? There's not a church on this beach or in Manio or Stumpy Point that's teaching the full gospel because we don't know the full gospel. We're studying and learning along the way. As long as we're doing what we believe God's called us to do, But what I'm saying is if people come to you and they complain, people come to you, just choose to look beyond and go to that place of agape love and just love people where they are and take them to another place. Here I think is one of the most important. I'm going to choose to make a difference in somebody else's life. That requires time that you don't have. That requires a, 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 a call in the middle of the night A text that comes at 11.45 at night and you're tired and you want to go to sleep. You just might have to answer that text. And then I'm going to be selfish in a sense as well, I told you. I just want you to identify where are you going? What trees are in your way? What good trees can stay planted? We're going to be on a journey all year to do that. But at least launch into a first step. One small step that you take today could be a great big step for somebody else. How many of you in this room are here because someone influenced you to be here? Someone took one small step and said, would you come to church? Maybe it was somebody that you don't even know that was praying for you. You'll you'll never know until you get to heaven. But somebody stepped in there for you. Then I'm going to choose to take care of myself. Selfish, I get it. I know it. I told you, it's selfish. But you know what? I'm no good to nobody if I'm no good to myself. And that simply means I want to understand spirit, soul, and body. I want to understand that the makeup of who I am, my spirit man that will sustain me in time of infirmity, my mind that can be transformed to think like God and to be an overcomer and walk by faith and not by sight and stay in the best physical shape that I can and not allow immorality to touch my body, stay away from it, watch what my eyes are looking at. I'm going to challenge myself to move to that place and that location where I'm taking care of myself so that I can make a difference in somebody else's life. That's just my five. So I'm going to invite you, every one of you. I'm going to invite Ainsley to come up, and Carlos and Todd. When Ainsley starts to sing this song, after you've got this on your little flag, we're going to stick it in the moon. (laughs) We're going to make a statement. We're going to make a statement that this, you know, we read some of these after service. And my daughter made something very, very, very kind of a pointed thing that I just didn't even think of. She kind of got up here and started looking at all of the common thread of people. And there were some in there. Actually, there was one moon that had a whole lot of forgiveness on it. So what do you think is necessary in 2019? What matters? Love and forgiveness. I'm going to ask Pastor Tiffany to explain to you and show you how to come up And to put your flag in the moon. But then we will launch by praying over these things. And make that final declaration at Coastal Family Church.